Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bring, bring it back. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here at the end of the season for a Manchester United segment. Joining us, of course, is Joshi. You can find on Twitter at MediJoshi. Uh, pleasure having you back on to talk about the season, which came to a very exciting conclusion for Manchester United, unless I'm wrong, unbeaten since the restart, pushing yourselves all the way up into third, which I don't think many would have expected uh, before the restart. Let's just talk about that chunk first before we look at the broader picture. What do you think led to so much success there towards the end of the season? Yeah, um, well, well, thanks for having me on, first of all. Um, I think, well, obviously we've had great form since the restart, but actually the form, I think, went back to um probably january we, we lost against burnley and then sin- and have been unbeaten since then and i think a couple of things have contributed i think i think the big one is bruno fernandez coming in um and really injecting a bit of arrogance uh creativity he's a lot he's very confident and he likes to take risks right the, the team was it's all almost playing within itself it had you know up until that point um Rashford was the main talisman. If he wasn't on it, then um, then then things kind of weren't gonna weren't gonna click. Him and him and Martial really. Uh, but once since he came in, there's almost been a license to take risks um, going forward. That is, we we take too many risks at the back. But going forward, there's a, there's a license to do that. And he is a frustrating player at times, but he's definitely a, a very, very good player. And it's something that we were missing in the side this season, especially because Pogba was injured for so long. So he, he kind of was the catalyst. Um, but, he, he, but because of his presence, there was uh, a license from the forwards to kind of get, get going, get running forward. And, and also greenwood's emergence as well has has helped that as you know provides balance on that right side which we've lacked and and real quality as well so you know that that that's been a huge um sort of factor and and then matic's form has been very good although it's, it tailed off in the last month or so or the last few weeks and the defense has generally in terms of numbers been decent uh, although i think you know there's far too many individual errors so i think there's it's a combination of things really but really Fernandez's introduction has been a catalyst for the team and the squad and and kind of people I think people bounce off him because he's he is you know he has got a bit of audacity around him and 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 quality that the team has lacked you know he can share the burden with other creative players and we've seen his partnership with Pogba is 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 evolving and it you know it's, it's still really good it looks really good rather and uh, you know, there's there's basically a lot more options inside. Um, the other thing is Solskjaer hasn't rotated, so we, the team kind of 
in terms of the positives, they get to know each other, they play together, um, and, and that helps. But but then obviously it, in this in the environment we've been playing in, it caused a lot of fatigue. So you know, but the, in terms of that unbeaten form, there's a bit more grit about the side as well, a bit more uh, determination to come back when we are in difficult situations, and for the most part, we're generally um, we don't get phased you know, one, if, if we do concede a goal like we used to. So I think those, those are the things that have contributed. It's been good to watch, but for, again, for the most part, it's been really good to watch. Yeah, the attack in particular was clearly uh, freely flowing. You mentioned Bruno Fernandes there, and then Pogba comes back, and Rashford comes back after his back injury. Uh, I know you said the form started soon, but it really makes it <laughs> a less partial person like me wonder why I didn't think things were going to go so well for Manchester United. Uh, like, it probably shouldn't have been a surprise, and yet it still somewhat was. Um, the yeah, first... it was, because I think that's probably to do to the mentality and the team Like over the last six, seven years, you know, setbacks the team mentally just crumbled like you can see the goal and just didn't think that we would come back from it uh, but at the moment with the with the players we've got inside you know this is the thing now about this team we can score a goal sort of almost out of nothing you know the goal against uh west ham is like that greenwood can snap a shot in shot in and so i think the team knows it can score goals it doesn't quite it's still i still think there's a mentality thing there um, but but it it does you know it's got more confidence and belief in itself to just sort of the player to, to they know that they can get a goal is, is is the point so even one goal a setback one goal they know that they can come back so mentally there there was that question mark and 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 but I think you know we, we've kind of answered some of those questions though though not all of them yeah and then obviously the the second half of the season was just. Uh, a section of the season as that's how seasons work uh the first half wasn't as exciting i know uh as soon as it started to get a bit colder out uh there were questions being raised about olegana solshar uh what, why do you think that the first half wasn't working as well i suppose it's just the juxtaposition of all the things you just said but do you think there's anything solshar did in in terms of adjustments between the two halves of the season or was the first half just bad luck and the second half good no no i don't think it was just bad luck i think i don't you i can't put a finger on one specific thing but ultimately to a point uh Solskjaer is learning on the job which you know as a United fan that doesn't necessarily sit right with me but he is he's never been at an elite club like this he's he's not had to deal with players on this level of wages and this level of expectation from the fans so he is learning on the job to a point and in that first half of the season he, he did have to learn some harsh lessons about um the quality of his squad the the when when's the right time to make substitutions make changes um, um, but I think part of it as well is he I think he made some good decisions with regards to the tactical side of things against in, in big against the big clubs our issue in the in the in the games against teams that just sat back was we didn't have anyone to open up defenses right Pogba was injured for a long time and a midfield three of McTominay Fred Matic isn't is not a lot of creativity in there. Pereira played a lot of games. So, you know, he was missing some of his best players. You know, Rashford was out for a long time with a back injury. Um, and then he also had a new defence, right? Maguire and Wamsaka were new to, to the, are new to the club. And, um, you know, that's, that's going to have a settling, they're going to have a settling in period. 
with, in terms of a unit, right? Because the defense has to really work as a unit and that's still kind of a work in progress. Alongside Maguire, we didn't really have a settled... Uh, it's been Lindelof for the most part of the season, but I don't think he's a top-tier defender, so there is that issue. On the left-hand side, uh, Luke Shaw has had a decent season or you know, a pretty good season, actually. But again, it wasn't settled. And then behind them, you've got De Gea, who's who's had he's not in in the best of form, right? Putting it mildly. So I think there's a lot of a lot of stuff in the first half of the season that was contributing, um, and it started to come together, right? Um, it, after that Burnley defeat, I don't know if he did anything differently in the in the background, but certainly things started to work better, and and the team clicked. So you know, I'm obviously pleased with how it ended up. Um, but obviously third isn't something that a club like Man United should be celebrating. But given the situation we were in, I think we, at one point, Leicester were 15 points ahead of us. Uh, and we were, we, I think we ended up six points ahead of them or something like that. I can't remember now. But no, it can't mean six points, three points ahead of them, obviously, uh, or four points ahead of them. But, um, you know, there's there's a... You know, given that situation, it was a good result in the end. But I think there was a lot of co- a combination of a lot of things. And if you think that he's actually got rid of quite a lot of players as well, uh, and still there are players in the club that aren't good enough, and he knows it. So there's there's a lot of contributing factors. But in the end, I think uh, with Fernandez coming in, that injection of quality at just the right time, a little bit of luck. Uh, in terms of the fact that, you know, you just settled in straight away. Sometimes, you know, you just need that first goal or that first assist or a really good performance as you uh, to kick on and then everything else kind of falls into place. So, yeah, no, it, was, it was okay. But, um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, I didn't want to have to go to this place, but you brought up De Gea and his non-spectacular season. Obviously, Dean Henderson, by comparison, was a standout goalkeeper for Sheffield United who throughout the season looked like they would contend for European spots themselves. There is some external debate about whether or not you should stick with De Gea or just start Dean Henderson next season. Uh, I guess we'll start there, but if you aren't thinking that Dean Henderson's ready for the job now, would you at least rather keep him in-house to apply some pressure, or do you think another year out on loan to gain some confidence uh, further would yeah. benefit him? No, I think I think... I don't think another year on loan. I think he needs to come back to the club and put pressure on De Gea. Obviously, De Gea has not had a good season, right? And But at the same time, he's got a higher save percentage than Alisson at Liverpool, which I, I found out the other day, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and, and you know, I don't know what it is. Something just hasn't been right with him. Uh, but he's still a very good keeper in the grand scheme of things. He's just not at the level that we've expected from him, and he's making more mistakes than he used to. Uh, Dean Henderson has also made mistakes, but you could maybe chalk that up to him being a, a younger player, still, still learning, learning his trade at that at that kind of level. So I would say bring Henderson back in. I don't think Dean Henderson. I, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I'd love it if he went on to become a top level goalkeeper and was at United for the next 10, 15 years. Um, at the very least, I think you can come back to the club and push to here, put pressure on him. It's certainly not an area where I would want United wasting time over the summer upgrading. It's a really important position, but it's just another thing that we'd add to the to the kind of list of areas where I think we need upgrading. And hopefully De Gea can, with a bit of pressure from Henderson, um, he can start to re- rediscover his best form. I, I still think he's a better keeper than Henderson. It's just that his, his mistakes are magnified because he's playing at United and he is 
uh, he has been so good for us in the past. Um, he's got, you know, but ultimately, you know, he's got more clean sheets than Peter Schmeichel did for us. Uh, he's got more um, more appearances now as well. So, he, you know, and he's got that experience under his belt. He's a winner. It's it's just unfortunate that a, a poor patch of form. Okay, a patch. Or a, I guess the decline has been a bit longer than just a patch, but you know, it gets magnified when you're a goalkeeper at United. So I'm hoping he can rediscover his best form. But, you know, you, it, it's the only reason I kind of want that him to have another chance, or one of the reasons is because I don't want us to be focusing on a keeper um, because of other areas in the, in the squad that need um, upgrading. That said, if someone like Jan Oblak was available and we had the money and we'd covered all the other positions, then I wouldn't be upset, right? If there was a, mm. if we brought in someone, because it's an instant upgrade, someone who's in the, in, in the peak, in peak form, maybe De Gea just needs fresh, um, you know, if you went off to another club, he, he may rediscover his best form, things like that. It might just be one of those things, but we'll see. Um, yeah. But, but with regards to Henderson, I don't think he's good enough to be a top level keeper. That said, I think he does deserve a chance to prove that prove me wrong. Not that he cares about my opinion, but you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. And that does make a lot of sense that you wouldn't want to spend your your assets in that position if you have two uh, decent options. Um, so yeah, I guess just roll it for another year, bring Henderson back and see what happens. I think, uh, well, not a very good analogous situation because the ages are switched. Uh, seeing somebody like Caballero replace Kepa after a string of really bad performances um, is a good example of what can happen if you have that second keeper at the club that you have confidence in. And then, of course, he keeps a clean sheet that, that pushes them uh, into the Champions League alongside with you. So definitely think there's some merit in that. Getting back to the more seasonal stuff, what was your favorite memory of the season? Oh, I think it was probably 2-0 against City with that Fernandez, little flick from the free kick, Marshall volleying it in, and then McTominay's um, goal from about 45 yards. Um, I'd like to hope, I hope that I can uh, upgrade that to winning the Europa League by the end of the season, because the season, of course, is still going. But um, I think just thinking back in terms of as a fan, that was a that was an awesome, awesome moment. We, you know, we beat City a couple twice this season in the league um Chelsea both times in the league another time in the league cup I think um and you know it's been so those big those big games we've been pretty pretty good uh, obviously not so so good against Liverpool but I don't think many were so yeah but I, I'd have to go with that it was it, as a fan that's the kind of thing you want to beat your rivals um and and do it kind of do it well and, and do it at a time, you know, it really hurt them. Obviously, Liverpool went off to win the league, and, and, and but there was, I don't think anyone was going to stop that at that stage. So, yeah, no, it was, it, that was probably it for me. Gotcha. Certainly a valid one there. We kind of touched on uh, Solskjaer a little bit earlier. There's been a lot of comparisons of him and Lampard uh, for this season. Uh, do you think that, that Solskjaer kind of has that long-term potential that, that they certainly seem to think Lampard does at Chelsea? You see, that's you know what what's interesting about all of this is I saw a I, I, it's, it, I saw multiple articles and, and and tweets about how Lampard's done a fantastic job at Chelsea, and but the same kind of press does you don't get that for about Oli and I guess it's to do with the fact that you know obviously we've got massive wage bill but so do Chelsea, 
and we've spent we did spend a fair amount of money in the summer but i think he's done a really good job and when you look at the way the team has progressed the relative success he's had in the transfer market because i think in his permanent signings and even loan signing of Igalo, they've all been pretty good dan james okay he's not i don't think he's going to be good enough long term to start for united but you need you need those players that in in and around the squad that are going to work hard and and maybe make an impact with his pace if he can sort out his kind of movement and, and awareness he would be a real threat so you know i think Overall, he's done well, and I think long term there is potential there, but it's really difficult to judge, right? Because anything can can uh, happen. A few bad results, and suddenly we're talking about, oh, does he have the metal for it? That kind of thing. So, but what I think would be, what I think is important for the for him and the club uh, and the players and, and the club as a whole is to get some silverware under under your belt, right? And it always is, you know, get it's just that mental even just that mental kind of block being removed around winning a trophy is is really is, is is really important. So if we can go on to win the Europa League, it's not a foregone conclusion by any means. There's some really good sides left in the tournament, but we've got a really our we, we've won our first leg five nil. So the next match is essentially against Lask is essentially not a dead rubber, but you know it, we should get through. Uh, and then after that, it's again not massive teams. I think it's Copenhagen and another and a Turkish team I can't remember the name but you know there's it's those these matches are winnable um and then you're suddenly you're in the semi-final of the Europa League and, and you're kind of now mixing up in that end so I think a trophy is really important just for that that mental block and then he needs to have a good summer the board need to back him really need to back him and if they don't then I fear for him because the, the first 11 is is good uh, but beyond that, we're lacking depth and quality, and there are areas in that first eleven that need upgrading. So, I think there's potential. You can see we're playing really good football. The front four, front five, if you include Pogba, have um, have have the potential to do some real to to really click and become a really top level side. I mean, the front three have scored more goals than Liverpool's front three, right? So there's a lot been said about Rashford, Martial, Greenwood they've been excellent and the, the output has been excellent so there's real potential there and he's got to take a lot of credit for that so i'm i'm hopeful and ultimately out of anyone in the world uh as a united fan i'd want him to succeed right because he's a he's a united legend mm. so so that would be the ideal it's just difficult to judge because he doesn't have the pedigree behind him and similarly with lampard difficult to judge whether or not this is an outstanding achievement or not. Chelsea are one of the rich, richest clubs in the league. They've got one of the most expensive squads in the league, highest wage bills in the league. So uh, it's not like he's come in and transformed a side that was struggling. They were in, I think, I can't remember where they finished last season, but they, they were in the Champions League, right? So it's not like he's progressed them, but he's obviously done a good job given he's also not had that experience at a at a kind of top level club so i think comparisons are inevitable given the sort of similar stories club legends coming in etc but i don't think you i don't think it's it's constructive i just think you just got to judge at the end of their tenures right that's the only way mm. well then it's probably going to be quite some time uh, based on the form you both showed uh, heading into the end of the season uh before either of them end up going uh, you mentioned your front line there and how potent they were um, are any of them going to be your player of the season for Manchester United or are you going for someone else? Yeah, no, I had a thought, think about this. 
And um, I, I think I'll probably go... I mean, Fernandez had a massive impact after coming in and he's got to be the most influential but for the in terms of the, the way, way we finished the season. But over the course of the season, I'll probably go with Anthony Martial. I think he's really progressed this year and you know it's his best output in terms of goals and assists um and that there's been a real difference and uh, you know when you look at the types of goals he's scoring he's scoring tap-ins he's scoring long ranges um he's scoring headers uh and 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 some and he's showing obviously his usual outrageous skill and, and, and what i think the difference is between this year and and previous seasons and this will probably come from and I have to, I have to assume it comes from coaching directly from Oli is around his, not not his attitude because that 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 kind of implies that you know he's had a bad attitude and a bad approach. Probably it's his mentality as a striker, right? He is he's much more um, hungry to get a goal. It's like you know now he looks like he needs a goal as opposed to before where if he got a goal it was kind of a bonus on top of his. Uh, dribbling and assists and things like that but now it's all about he wants to get into the box get those goals he's a gr- much more aggressive he knows how to use his body a lot better in terms of his strength uh, holding up play getting past defenders and he's still got that pace and that skill um, and his movement has improved as well sort of coming across the front post we saw a couple of good goals when he's got that hat trick um, from that point of view so I, I would say him but there were some good shouts obviously I mentioned Fernandez um Harry Maguire I think maybe not player of the season he's had his issues but he's played he played every single minute of every single game in the league we've been solid for the most part at the back massive improvement in terms of goals conceded so you know and he's now the club captain so for him that's obviously a great achievement um I don't think again with Harry I don't think he's a top level top tier kind of defender like Rio Ferdinand Yap Stam but if we could get someone alongside him he could form a unit um you know with them but I think he's had a good season as well but I, I think my every my, match for you yeah it as in I don't think well in every single competition I uh, know in the Premier League but he was like yeah, the yeah. first one to do it in some time because you had Baye and oh, Lindelof yeah, yeah. there for but a while he's he, he started every game and finished every single game right so he's one of I think only four yeah. or five players that have done that across the league this season and nobody's done that for United for a long time so um yeah I, I, but I will go with Martial just because he's been good he's been phenomenal since the restart but he's been generally good throughout the season when Rashford was out of the side, his form dipped as well. I think they play off each other really well. Um, but generally, I think just the improvement in him. Like next season, I can see him bagging 20 goals in the league and really pushing for that golden boot. He's becoming a reliable goal scorer, scorer up front, a real proper number nine. So that, I mean, for me, I think that hit the, the progression in him and his contribution. Uh, for me, he's the player of the season. Yeah, he always just needed a little bit more consistency, and he certainly found it this year. And I know we've talked about in the past, I, I didn't really understand what your strategy was by blocking Martial with uh, Ibrahimovic and then Lukaku back-to-back. But uh, good seeing him finally get that run uh, up front for you. And yes, he's obviously a fantastic scorer with fantastic mobility as well. Um, the other player that could be in his position but then ended up playing with him and out wide a lot but still scoring loads of goals was Mason Greenwood. Just curious, among that list of modern strikers, we, we can even go back to, to your Berbatovs and your Van Persies. Do you see 
uh, Greenwood finishing anywhere near that that pantheon? I said it. I said it at the beginning of this season and towards the end of last season. I don't watch the academy games that much, but I I do I I was watching him come through, and he's the only player I've ever seen right, at any age level regularly take free kicks with both his left and his right foot and score. He takes his penalties with his right foot, but we've seen when he plays his 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 left foot is lethal. Um, that he's he is. In terms of footballing talent, he's right up there with the best I've seen come through at United. And, you know, I think he, in terms of excitement, when he's on the ball in and around the box, it's comparable to when Ryan Giggs was coming through. And I mean, that for United fans my age, that's kind of a, probably the biggest compliment you can give. And um, I, I genuinely think he's got everything to be one of the world's best uh, best strikers, best footballers. He's just got everything, and you can see it. He's scored 10 league goals this season, I think 16 in all competitions for an 18-year-old. He doesn't, he turns 20 in October 2021. So he's still, he's going to be a teenager for another year and a half or so. I mean, he's got everything, right? So, I mean, I can't think of a weakness. Maybe he's heading, but he's playing out wide. So I guess he doesn't get that much opportunity to be attacking balls in the box with his head. Um, but ultimately, I think talent-wise, um, and, and and just there are certain things that players have. Where you just watch them, and you know that they're they're good players. And he is the he is he's the real deal, right? It is not like um, an Adnan Yanazai or um, I can't think of others, but you know the, we've had flash in the mm. pan type players come through, um, not just at United, but across the globe you know in other clubs but he is not that he's got everything he as long as he keeps his head in the game works works at his, works hard and he's got in terms of a striker he's got the best manager to uh, sort of around right because ollie will tell him how to score goals not maybe not that he needs to know that the boy knows where the net is so i think he could be the best in the world you know it, it's the he, He's he's right up there. He'll be he'll be challenging for for golden boots for for years to come as long as he keeps his head in the game. Relatedly, though, obviously there are a lot of transfer rumors swirling around. Jaden Sancho, obviously being the biggest right now. If you brought him in again, you could be in a Martial situation where he then has to take a, a back seat and no longer get those minutes that he was getting right now. Would would that be the only thing that could really throw a wrench in his development? I no, I don't see that as an issue. I mean, you've got so if you look at the squad, right? When you drop, when someone like when Greenwood is out or Rashford is out or Martial doesn't play, there's a massive drop in quality. Um, so we need to bring in quality in a lot of positions, and, and that's true across defence, midfield, uh, and and up front. So like L- Lingard, Mata, uh, Chong, these these Andres Pereira, these guys are not anywhere near the level of the 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 starting front three and they're the ones that, and Dan James, right? They're not, they're, there's a massive drop off bringing Sancho in. It adds quality and it doesn't mean that, um, uh, Mason Greenwood is going to be the only one that misses out. That puts pressure on the likes of Rashford, Martial and Greenwood to make sure that their, their level stays, um, you know, high and they continue to improve. And, um, you know, Sancho can play across that front three, it's it i just i just think it's a good it makes sense and and then 
And the other thing is, whilst Greenwood is an outstanding footballer, he's still maturing physically. He's still only 18 years old. And if we go far in competitions uh, like we have done this year in the in the Europe in the Europa League and the FA Cup, then you're going to be playing, um, you know, 45, 50, potentially up to 60 games in a season, and there's plenty of time there for um, him to get minutes and Sancho to get minutes, everyone to get minutes. So you just have to look back to it's all about managing the team, managing the players, and and timing it right. I mean, Ferguson was the master at that. Everyone talks back to when we won the treble, we had Solskjaer and Sheringham on the bench with Cole and York up front, right? So we had quality in these attacking positions. And I think that's exactly what we need. And if you think Egalo is going to be moving on after his loan finishes, we need that. We need forwards. We need people to come in. And I'm not saying we go out and sign another another top-level striker uh, to replace Egalo when when his loan ends. But it is about having options and quality and depth of quality as well. So for me, I don't see that as a problem. It it would be a problem when you've got like, you know, Lukaku, Alexis Sanchez then comes in, you've got Martial, you've got Rashford, you've got Matthew, you've got Lingard, you've got all these players, and then it becomes a bit of an issue because Mourinho didn't really understand his long-term plan. It was quite short-term. Uh, Oli has clearly got a long-term plan and a long-term vision it's about executing that. And, and Jaden Sancho, if you look at his profile of player, fits in with the profile of player that we've got going in, in those forward positions. He's mobile, he's quick, he's tricky, he gets goals, he gets assists, um, he plays across the front three so he can, you know, they can switch positions. So I, I just see it as a, an, uh, only, uh, only a good thing um, for, for, for Mason Greenwood and Martial and Rashford. And then you have a fantastic player <laughs> that's coming yeah, in as exactly, well. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. He's he's a top level player, uh, or potential to be a top level player. It looks like he's 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 sort of at that level already. But mm. again, he's young. That part of it, you you worry about the mentality. You, you sort of you know sign for. Let's say he does sign for United. The scrutiny at United is a lot bigger than at Dortmund. Um, Don't give him the seven kit. That hasn't gone well. Yeah, I know, right? And then, and then the fee that's going to be that's going to be reported, whatever it is, you know, even if it, you know, whatever it is, it will be reported with his wages, with whatever else, you know, and then there will be something like, put it all together, the headlines will be around 150, 160 million pound transfer or something like that. So it's all about that. Does he have the mentality to do that? But I think he, I don't know him well at all uh, in terms of his character, but certainly the, to, he t- he had the courage to leave Man City, leave Pep Guardiola go to Dortmund, forge his own path. And he's done that, and he's done that really well. So you, you based off that, you, you hope he's got the character and the mentality to come through now back to United and if he does sign and, and do a really good job and, and mm. start and fulfill his obviously massive potential. So, yeah. Yeah. For you, is it just a blank check transfer? I know by, uh, Borussia Dortmund are looking for... 100 mil plus or is there a price where you'd be like mm, i don't know maybe we could spend that better elsewhere um it's a good question right because i i do think we need we do need forwards and do need attackers but you can't if but we also need other areas being covered not just covered we need upgrades in other areas so if you're now starting to think like 120 million and does that mean we can't then go out and sign a top-level centre-back to partner Maguire, um, uh, a, a, a midfielder, to, a long-term replacement for Nemanja Matic, you know, someone to 
a really top top quality midfielder alongside Pogba and uh, Fernandez. You know, if it means that we're basically lumping it all on Sancho, then I and it's coming up the fees in a ridiculous range. Then I don't think it is one of those, as you say, blank check transfers. Uh, I don't think there are too many footballers in the world where you would you would do. It. If Kylian Mbappe was available, you'd probably say he was one. Um, but even Lionel Messi probably isn't anymore, given his age, because you, you're not because I think he's rubbish because of his age, but because you probably don't get the number of years that you would want from a blank check transfer, right? So I don't think there are too many of those around. Um, but yeah, I, I would. Say he's obviously a priority for the club and the number one priority. So I don't. I can't think of. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Too many players that feel like they're just really good fits in terms of that, that uh, the way we play and the front line. He's, I, he looks like he's pretty good friends with Marcus Rashford from the way they interact at uh, England level. I'm sure he knows um, Mason Greenwood well from sort of youth time. Youth yeah. um, time, you know. So I'm sure there's there's a it'll be easier for him to settle in. It just seems a good fit. Uh, whether it's whether we spunk everything on one player, I don't, I don't know. That doesn't feel right because there are lots of other areas that need upgrading. Gotcha. Uh, another potential uh, transfer that was linked very heavily when it looked like he was going down, but now hasn't is Jack Grealish. Reports seemingly indicating that you've kind of given up on that one with him staying up and hearing Aston Villa's price. Is that another player that you like desperately want to get in? Or do you think there are a lot of other options there in those midfield areas, especially considering the strength that you have in your starting group right now? Yeah, I think, I think the, his profile of player is right. Someone who can come in and, you know, when we need to give Fernandez and Pogba a rest, come in and provide that creative spark in the center of midfield or in those attacking areas centrally in that midfield area. 80 million probably is, is the fee that we're looking at. And probably Villa, given they've stayed up, they could push for more. He's a Villa boy. I don't think that's... I'm not, uh, I'm not desperate for him to come specifically, but certainly someone to come in and provide an option for... Because Fernandez, he, when he's 
in the last couple of matches, he was dreadful because he was knackered. I mean, he still produced a, a couple of assists and a goal. So that's cool, right? If you're dreadful and you still do that, I'm good with it. But in terms of his passing, he just, he looked, his, his legs looked gone, right? He said, so nobody can play that to that level of intensity across an entire season in every single match. Um, maybe Cristiano Ronaldo does, but not, you know, I, I just think, I think that profile of player is, is, is right. But Grealish probably isn't isn't the player that um, will be coming in, given given his fee. I think more a more important signing than that would be a either a top level top top tier centre back or a really top level central midfielder um, to play where Matic is. When Matic is on form, he's outstanding, but he usually maintains that for about fifteen twenty games, and then it dips. He needs a rest. And then, he's, then, he, then he comes back into it. I suspect a central defender is the, is the target because we've got Fred, who had a very good season in the first half of the season. And then I probably unfairly was dropped, but then Pogba's come in and done a good job for the most part. And then you can't really drop Pogba for Fred. Um, and you've got McTominay as well. So I think the central defence is probably where we go. It's a it's a big it's a big need. If you could get someone with some pace alongside Maguire, um, I think you look at the makings of a good unit there. Uh, you know, if you had basically someone like Rio um, Rio Ferdinand, I, I can't think of anyone who's at that level in world football right now. Nobody is, but you know, the, uh, someone who is that kind of profile of player, uh, quick, reads the game well, um, obviously strong, good in the air, but it's more about that awareness and pace and, and can bring it out from the back. So. That would probably be the, the 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 number two priority after Sancho, or gotcha. after that right sided player. Yeah. Gotcha. Any other uh, positions you're looking to to fill? I know you've mentioned a few there. Or, or if we're thinking about outgoings, anybody you think might be making their exit? Oh, so outgoings. I mean, you've got you you've got to say Lingard, Mata, um, Andreas Pereira, um, Phil Jones, Chris Smalling. Uh, Rojo, they're all at risk. Yeah, yeah, I have to kind of say that they're all at risk. Um, I don't think they offer much anymore. Um, Lingard might, I think Lingard might stay, but he's he's certainly at risk. But um, those are your outgoings, and and then then you need cover in those positions, right? Not 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 like for light replacements, because obviously we're trying to upgrade the quality. The, the point is if. Our starting eleven, I think we all know, but beyond that, there's no the the depth, of the the drop in quality when you bring some of these players on. Like when we saw, um, you know, Luke Shaw was injured. I like Brandon Williams, but going forward, he, he needs to improve. Um, Wambasaka, great defensively, needs to improve going forward, but I like him. But be after him, you've got Diogo Dalot, who for whatever reason, hasn't progressed and doesn't get as many minutes as I thought he would do. He looked like a good player, but hasn't, hasn't done a great job. So, I mean, if you think, if we, when we think about the, these types of positions, I kind of like um, Max Ahrens as a right-back, a backup at right-back, and you could obviously push Wan-Bissaka for that starting spot, I mean, not with uh, Norwich being relegated. When you think Igalo's leaving, who's a good profile of striker there? Callum Wilson potentially from Bournemouth you know I think he's got 10 odd goals this season um he would obviously come to United not expecting to start every game it's kind of the right profile but I think he's got that he's got the attributes I would actually 
love it if we could get Jamie Vardy. You know, could we prize Jamie Vardy from Leicester and to be back up to Anthony Martial? That would be pretty cool. Not saying it's likely to happen. I'm not saying, but just in case anyone listening gets pissed off, I just think it would be a really great transfer. You know, we say to him, come and play Champions League football in your one of your final next final seasons. Um, you won't play every game, but you'll get a ton of matches uh, um, because Martial can't play every single match. I think that would be a good signing. And then we definitely need, like Luke Shaw is good, but in the long long run, unless I, I don't think we'll be going out for a left back this summer. But if next season he can't sustain an entire season at a top level, I'm sure that'll be an area we'll be looking at as well. So the the, the squad has has issues, so which need to which can't all be sorted out in a single transfer window. Um, I think we'll probably sign three, maybe four players, and um, as long as they are quality upgrades on whatever position they're supposed to be in. And, and their status in the squad, then that's that's probably a good summer. I would say a centre back is an absolute must, um, and and obviously Sancho is a priority. I don't think he's an absolute must uh, compared to centre back or central midfield like that Matic replacement, but he looks like a priority, and we'll get him to, uh, or, and we'll get someone in in that area. Gotcha. We'll, we'll certainly keep an eye on all of those ins and outs. I was going to ask about your expectations for next season, but there is still some of this season left. You're, of course, in the Europa League round of 16 oh, up yeah. against Lask. Not expecting you to know too much about your opponent there, uh, but what are you expecting in that one? Well, we beat them, like I said, we beat them 5-0 in the first leg, so I'm expecting us to just go there. I'm sure there'll be massive rotation in that match. Just It will be a probably not... A, a, not a massively eventful game and um we you know we'll we'll get through to the next round but then i i just think winning a trophy is really important and if we if you look at the teams there we could beat any of them i think uh, inter are still in the in the competition um and a couple of other i think roma are still in the competition so they they may be you know really difficult matches there and but it's winnable it's, again, I'm not going to say I expect us to go off and we'll go on and win it now because there's going to be rotation, there's going to be issues. And one of the biggest issues um, in, in this squad is we, you know, since the restart, I, mean, you, I think you asked me in, in, in the text when you sent before this was what's our, my biggest disappointment, mm. not of the season, but since the restart, when you look at the goals that we've conceded, that's the biggest disappointment. Not that I expect us never to concede a goal, but the manner in which we have conceded goals is probably the biggest disappointment. So when you go through, you know, just the, I think we've conceded 10 goals since the restart um, in all competition and eight of them were um, down to an, uh, a specific individual error, either by, so De Gea has made a few high profile ones, um, like letting the ball go through him against, well, against, Spurs, Bergwijn hit it right at him. Um, you know, then then you De Gea losing the ball against, um, sorry, not De Gea, Pogba losing the ball against Southampton. Uh, you mm. know, Lindelof letting his marker run past him against Southampton. Even the two goals that we we won the match against Bournemouth five two, but the two goals we conceded in that were dreadful. As well with Stanislas, Stanislas nutmegged Maguire and then beat De Gea at the near post, completely avoidable goal. And then they got a penalty with a, which is like someone smashed it back at Bay and he ended up handballing it 
with VAR giving the handball. Um, just just when you go through it, that's been the biggest annoyance. We could have had the league wrapped up a lot. Not the league, obviously. <laughs> Top four or, or third mm-hmm. even, you know, wrapped up earlier if it weren't for some of these mistakes. Um, genuinely think of the 10 goals we've conceded since restart, eight, arguably nine, were completely avoidable and were down to uh, one, if not two, individual errors uh, in, in, the, in, in, in the lead up to the goal. So that's the biggest issue. And that's why I don't go into this Europa League campaign going, oh, I expect us to win it. Because actually at any point, an error might come out. You know, you just have to shoot at De Gea at the moment. And I fully expect, I was, there was a moment against Leicester where, I can't remember the name of the Leicester player, but he, he swiveled on, in the box on, and, and shot with his left foot. It was a little scooped shot and De Gea went to catch it. And for a split second in my brain, I thought he'd, he'd fumbled it, right? <laughs> just because that's what I'm expecting at the moment. So hmm. it's, it's just that. We're a bit skittish at the back, a bit jittery. So that's why Europa League, for me, I can't say we've got, we, we, sh- we should be winning it, you know, even in terms of the, the expectation. But I think it's winnable and we can go out and beat any other teams out there. And like I said earlier, that barrier of winning a trophy is, um, is really important. And that's why, like, for Arteta... And Lampard, it's great that they're in the final of the FA Cup. It's a massive opportunity for them to get a trophy under their belt in their first season as a manager, that, uh, or at, at their, you know, at, at this level. That's an outstanding achievement. So for, it's again important for Oli, I think, to get that under his belt. Otherwise, it will, as you will know, as a Spurs fan, it will be a question mark hanging over the manager's head for a while. Given Pochettino mm. had that over his head for a long time before he ended up leaving. So. I think we should, I don't think, we, when I say go all out for it, I don't mean in the next match because we've already got a five-goal advantage. And, 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 but certainly once we get into the semi-final, quarter-final, semi-final area, we should be going for the win. Gotcha. Um, then assuming some of the transfer stuff we talked about earlier, assuming you get, say, say, two of the three primary things, say it's like a right wing or a center back or a central midfielder and one of those other two, mm. what are your expectations for next season? Is it immediately competing for the title again or is it another year of make sure you get top four, get the finances flowing and then make a push later on? Um, I, I, I don't think, I mean, given all I've mentioned, the quality, the drop in quality in terms beyond that first 11, if we do get, Let's say we get Sancho in. Let's, for argument's sake, we get a top-level centre-back in. And then the third transfer is, I can't, you know, whatever it is. It One is. of those, like, then, relegation guys you mentioned earlier. Yeah, you might get in, you know, let's say you get Callum Wilson in and then one more of the, one of the guys who's been relegated, right? I think that would be a decent window. Decent, not ideal. Because uh, you'll have people leave going out of the club as well. Um, I can't say right now immediately that re- results in us challenging for the title because it, you you either have to be super lucky with injuries, um, but even then you know the fatigue sets in. Look at Liverpool; they yes they went off and they ran away with the league, but they they have they they didn't win anything else. Right, the best teams have deep squads that go on and win Champions Leagues in the same season as. Uh, the league, they win the double, like FA Cup, League Cup, uh, FA Cup, and the league, right? Liverpool couldn't do that because at times Klopp had to rotate, and at times they did look a bit leggy. 
um and and but but then for them that didn't really matter because they were so they'd sprinted so hard and so fast ahead of everyone else they they were able to do that so you need that deep squad um if we were to get those two like let's say San, because i'm thinking about the upgrade to the first level sancho and a top level center back and you've got a little bit of an upgrade to the ones below so expectation wise absolutely i think top four is a minimum right and it has to be a minimum um and but then i would expect us to go all out for another trophy league cup fa cup and then we're back in the champions league so a good run in the champions league i think if i think that would be a decent season for us obviously i hope that we can challenge for the title and i hope we could go do more than that but realistically the gap between united and liverpool this season was 33 points that is massive Right, so to, I don't think Liverpool. Well, they could have a seat another season like they did this year, where because their previous season was exceptional as well. So to close that gap is going to require a lot more than than just a few signings like that. Um, but you know, then on flip side, you hope to see Greenwood, will Greenwood, Marshall, Rashford will all progress and maybe get more goals. Fernandez and Pogba will start to get better understanding. Wan Bissaka, Maguire have a year under their belt, and and so then you and and you're hoping maybe De Gea rediscovers some form or Henderson comes in and he's solid. So there are areas where we should hopefully see improvements without having to sign players as well. So there's that to think about as well. So I'm op- I'm optimistic, although again not not ex- not I'm not thinking we have this divine right for a title challenge next season. Um, but you know I can comment a bit better once the transfer window is over. Um, the other factor is actually because we're in the Europa League, we won't have a proper rest before the start of the season. So that will be a factor yeah. to that will be something to think about as well. Uh, given this has been an intense period of football, the Europa League is will be less intense because they've gone to one-legged matches, uh, one-legged ties. Um, but still, it's it's you're going to be in training camps. You can't you can't like you. If I was Solskjaer, you'd probably give them a rest, but you can't just send them off on holiday now until the last game because then they come back w- without being prepared. So they're still going to be doing training, probably a few days rest training. They don't get a proper break, so that again will will factor in, which is why you need the depth in your squad. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think a title challenge is is what I, I don't expect the title challenge, but certainly I expect us to close the gap on Liverpool and top four, given we finished third, I have to say top, you know, third is third or fourth is a minimum for next season. Mm. And yeah, again, just crazy that after everything that happened this season that you wound up finishing third, uh, kind of similar with everybody else that was in that chasing pack. Just it, it's crazy how close all of that was and, and really impressive uh, how well you performed. since. It, the was, it was close. It was weird, right? Because every single time Chelsea slipped up, we slipped up, or yeah. Leicester slipped up. It was up. like we last year up. with uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Tottenham, who all really struggled down the stretch. Yeah, and then and then obviously since the restart, um, or, or rather since January, because that's when our kind of run started, really. Then we've slowly clawed everyone back, and I think that again, I think Solskjaer deserves a lot of credit for that, and the team as well for for their kind of in some matches like Leicester game, the final game of the season. It wasn't spectacular. We came away with a 2-0 win. But that's the type of performance, the type of match that in the past, I think we would have probably, we wouldn't have got the result because but there's a certain level of aggression and, and, and grittiness in the side that we didn't have previously. And, you know, we ended up 
if you look at the, you know, when you think, when I reflect on the match, Leicester didn't have a ton of good, they didn't have loads and loads of good chances. They created opportunities, but so did we. And the fact that we, I, I don't remember Jamie Vardy doing anything in that match, really. I don't know if you watched it, but I don't remember him doing much in that match. I think mm. that's a pretty pretty good compliment to Lindelof. I think he was a very he had a very good match. Um, and, and you know, so it's that type of performance that gives me a bit more optimism. I get versus uh, you know the first period when Oli when was his interim manager and he went on that run. There was still that flakiness in the side. There was still a bit of an issue with the, you know, if we didn't really, you know, there was still that kind of, you, you were worried about the results. And then we saw the results dip um, after that. But this time, we, yes, the performances dipped, but we, we didn't, you know, but the results were, were there. And we got, we obviously got over the line in the end. So I'm hopeful and optimistic that that is, is, is a good sign going forward. All right. Well, we will leave it there. Thanks so much for coming on today, Josh. If you want to tell folks where they can find you or anything you're working on, now would be a good time. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. You can uh, find me at the moment on Twitter mainly, um, at Medi Joshi. Um, yeah, that's it, really. I'm not doing much else because work is absolutely ridiculous at the moment. <laughs> so, And obviously, I do, I'm on this podcast every now and then. Awesome. Well, best of luck with all the work stuff. And thanks so much for taking the time out here. It was really great hearing your perspectives and uh, best of luck in the remainder of the Europa League season. Thank you. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.